We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Roots podcast. This is episode 196 of the pod alongside Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musa with plenty to talk about today. Um, Matt, I'll, I'll ask you how you're doing. Kind of an awkward start to the podcast here. We got to start it on a somber note um, with the Tiger Woods news. I know we're about a week late, but as is tradition, uh, as you so eloquently put it, uh, news usually breaks about 20 minutes after yep. we finish up the podcast. So uh, we will touch on that. We will touch on some All-Star Weekend stuff in the NBA, some MLB stuff out of spring training, uh, some Bears stuff because they have thrust back into the quarterback conversation. What's new? Um, and we're going to have a good time. But first and foremost, Matt Rooney, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Hanging out. Uh, norm, normal week for me. No real complaints. Normal week. The last, I feel like the last couple of weeks I've had something off the top. I don't really have anything off the top, so that's good. Business is business? Business as usual. We're, we're, we're just trucking along. Gotcha. Um, well, let's yeah, let's talk Tiger first. Not that I want to get it out no, of the way, but... Um, it'd be the elephant uh, in the room if we didn't. Yeah, yeah. It's a heavy topic, and uh, you know we say it jokingly here, but we are a golf podcast, and um, we are a Tiger podcast, and when it comes to... Um, comebacks and celebrations and all the things that we've had to cover here over the last 196 episodes about tiger this one um this one's the heaviest and it's uh another unfortunate situation another automotive uh incident in this man's life that has Mm -hmm. been filled with highs and lows peaks and valleys um he's just he's a tragic hero at this point and i know some people might balk at calling him a hero but what he's done for the game and what he's done for athletes in general um and what he's done through his foundations he's truly a seminal figure in on my sports mount rushmore at least um he's uh it, it felt really eerie because what we went through with kobe not too long ago when we were in that period of well are his injuries life-threatening it's mm-hmm. alive um there was that period there last week where we didn't have a ton of answers and um it, it's going to be a long road back i mean multiple open fractures to his right leg a crushed right ankle a rod implanted into his tibia to essentially take the place of that bone um multiple pins and screws in his ankle they had to cut open his leg to reduce the swelling so essentially his calf muscle would not pop um these are while they're not life-threatening injuries they're most certainly career-threatening injuries and i know that the narrative in the conversation day of which it should have been is that's the last thing we should be worried about but now that we are a week removed I'm sure Tiger has had the thought in the last seven days about his career and not just about himself. Now that he's stable and um, being treated by some of the greatest doctors and physicians and surgeons that the world has to offer, I'm sure. Um, Just where are you at on the whole situation right now? Because I'm, I'm just hoping that Tiger Woods can walk again that tiger woods can appear in the pnc with charlie again and maybe hit a couple shots if tiger woods is to compete again on the pga tour it would not surprise me Uh, is that what i'm worried about no but it would not surprise me at all if he at least wants to end his career 
on his own terms. If he wants to dictate the finale of his career and say, hey, this year I'm going to play the four majors and that's going to be it. And not this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever, 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 the, whatever to, the year is you know, that he's able healthy. to not just be healthy, but if you think about this injury, um, we've known a couple people with compound fractures. It's that similar to Alex past. Smith, if not a little bit worse than what Alex Smith went through is what I think I saw I was reading, correct? Yeah, and I don't know how you can compare the two degrees because they were both radial fractures, meaning that like the bones rotated. Um, so I, I think that you know, you're dealing with certain levels of severity in there where, where you're, you're not just dealing with two broken bones, like mm-hmm. a broken a bone broken in two. You're dealing with, when you talk about crush fractures to an ankle, there's a lot of um, bodies floating around in there, uh, essentially. So I, I'm just hesitant to even talk about his comeback to the golf course. Am I ruling it out? No. Um, but man, I'm just happy that Target Woods is alive, I guess. Yeah, I obviously I'm incredibly thrilled that he's alive. And that was for those few hours, uh, for sure, the, the kind of one and only thing that just about everybody was thinking about. No one was really talking about his golf career. Everyone was thinking about, you know, hopefully he's still alive. Hopefully he's OK. I will say over the last week or so, though, as time's gone on and, you know, you find out he you know he is alive. The injuries aren't life threatening. Obviously, you never know what's going to be his physical state going forward with these injuries and how he's going to come back from it. But I, I think selfishly, I have started to wonder, you know, is that the last time we've seen Tiger tee off at Augusta and not, you know, in a honorary starter type mm-hmm. um, effort. And it's, it's a little bit harrowing. Wake, wake up to think that, you know, the guy that essentially got you involved in golf, that's got everybody back interested in golf the last, however many years that he's had such a great career. Like you said, might not be able to dictate the end of his career. That's just that's that's pretty sad to think about. Not not necessarily that he's not done, they might be done playing golf. I mean, obviously we have been on borrowed time with Tiger the last few years. The Masters was unbelievable, but the fact that you know him at this age able to fight back, come back after however many years off with the back injuries, the personal issues, come back, kind of have this big redemption story. Now kind of has this downfall again. Not necessarily by any doing of his own, but has this downfall and now might be able to may not be able to after that, you know, decade long fight, might yeah. not be able to dictate his own ending, his own term, you know, go out on his own terms. That's that's pretty sad to think about, especially with someone that had even with someone not with the career of Tiger Woods, but someone also yeah. with the career of Tiger Woods. that's you know, going to go down as the greatest golfer of all time. And this this idea, Matt, of dictating his own um finale to his career is a little bit more convoluted in golf because we do carry this expectation. We always say it's the greatest thing about golf that we'll be able to play with our grandkids when we're 80. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that makes this even more difficult because we can hold out hope on a 50 year old um piece together Tiger Woods the way we can't hold out that hope on a, someone playing football, yeah. basketball, baseball, traditional um, sports. I think that in the past, uh, you and I were last to jump ship for the myriad of reasons that people jumped off the Tiger Woods ship. And I'm not going to do it again. Um, I am going to put faith in, again, the medical attention he's getting. And mm-hmm. I'm going to put faith in the mental and physical fortitude of one of the greatest athletes that's ever walked the face of this earth, of one of the most dominant forces that's ever walked the face of this earth. I think if Tiger Woods wants to play on the PGA Tour again, will he be um, anything close to what he was? Will he be even be competitive? No, but will he be able to walk 36 holes and try and make a cut? 
I, I, I'd, I'd put my money on that side of things because he's Tiger frickin' Woods. And if he wants to, he's going to. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we we, we never jumped ship earlier. You know, we were, out, we were talking about him, his, his comeback at the Bahamas three years ago, whatever it was. Uh, like it was a like like it was a, an appearance in a major. I, I'm not going to jump ship back out now. I'm with you. I think if I had to put money on it, I do think it's some capacity at some time. We have not seen Tiger Woods' last PGA Tour round. I just think there's he will find a way to will himself back on tour, back for in in whatever capacity to some extent. Like you said, with with the mental edge and strength and fortitude and not, not to mention the physical stuff we've seen over the years, but also yeah. he's got access to the best care and physical therapy and training that money can possibly buy. And that doesn't hurt either. And on the flip side of it, you know, I, I'm, I'm putting my chips on tiger to come back, but on the flip side of it, if his PGA tour career is done, I, I just hope that he's at peace. If with it's that. done, because, I think it's because he wants it to be. I hope that he's at peace with that because mm-hmm. I will be at peace with that because the comeback at the Masters in 2019 was one of the greatest things that we'll see in our lifetime in sports. Mm-hmm. And again, the nature of golf makes us always want more because, hey, he's 40, what is he, 43, 46? He's 46 now. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, he's 45 when he won that, or he's 44 when he, or I believe he was 45 when he won that. He's still got five years. That's 20 majors. This is all pre-pandemic, obviously. Yeah. If he wins X amount of it, we're, we're thinking that way, and we're not thinking, holy crap, Tiger Woods just completed his comeback by winning the Masters. You mm-hmm. know? And, and he gave us that moment, and he's always given us moments. So if, if that is it, that is it. And Tiger Woods will not be done with golf. Tiger Woods will still be visible. Tiger Woods will still continue his, what will be likely an illustrious architecture career. Um, and we'll get to play Tiger Woods courses as we grow older. And it's going to be amazing, just like you see Jack courses popping mm-hmm. up everywhere. There's going to be Tiger courses everywhere. I know they're few and far between right now, but if, if that's where his golf career is headed, God bless, because he's still going to be a part of our lives in that capacity. He's still, like you said, going to hit the honorary tee shots. He's still going to be a part of PJ Tour just because Tiger Woods isn't competing week after week on tour. doesn't mean the guy goes away. He is a force. He's a force of nature. Um, that's why I think he will come back. But if he doesn't, that's also why I think he'll be um, still an integral part of the game of golf. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if how we don't have, you know, one, two tournaments this year, you know, every year on the PGA Tour, one or two at Jack's place. If, you know, 15 to 20 years from now, we're not talking about an annual stop, wherever that might might be at Tiger's place. Yeah, um, but I, I'm I'm selfishly hoping that there is a uh, small crew, but but a crew nonetheless uh, that has been rolling since day one because this, I want this story. I want to see, not that I want to see Tiger at his lowest moment, but if he does come back again, Mm -hmm. I want to see it from day one on the hospital bed because this is, um, this is, there's some gravity to this one. And while the injuries might not be quote unquote life threatening, I'm sure there are a number of hurdles that he needs to physically overcome to get out of the woods, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. Um, no pun, no pun pun intended, but like to get to a place where, um, you know, infection is not uh, a worry where you can start working on rehabilitation, where um, he can literally put one foot in front of the other and learn to walk again, which I'm sure he's going to have to. Um, I, I just think that 
just from the standpoint of where how my brain works I just want to see that I want to I want to be inspired um, by the effort Tiger is about to put forth to get back to just you know a functioning human being and I'm, I'm hoping that the mental health is is on point too because we know what Tiger's struggled with in the past I'm not insinuating that had anything to do with this but it, you go to you go to dark places when you're faced with mm-hmm this sort of adversity and I hope that Tiger's um, good through it all because uh, you know when you talk about slicing a leg open to reduce swelling um, uh, a couple of the doctors that we had on CBS were talking about you know there's I don't know where it's at right now whether that wound's closed whether they've grafted and closed it but you know there are there are spotty moments through this where it's likely just an open wound and his leg is bagged yeah. like, they, like they have a massive bag over his leg and um, it's just a lot to wrap your head around with, you know, what for me, I consider my favorite athlete of all time, um, just to make it personal. Um, not that it needs to be, but, uh, you know, it's, it's weighed heavy and I'm just hoping for the best for Tiger in, in all capacities before we even get to that conversation uh, about PGA Tour golf. Yeah. The, the, the person even more so than the golfer. We just, you know, hope the best for, hope he gets well and isn't, unwell like you were saying mentally because this can be uh, very traumatic traumatizing for just about anyone and the the, the nice I guess uh, comforting thing was that it seemed like there was no wrongdoing there was no problems in a toxicology report which were were some things people were obviously bringing up because he had had the issues with the painkillers in the past I think for me that was hearing that hearing him cleared of that right away was was somewhat comforting but obviously then you go right back to just hoping he's okay yeah and you know just so the reporter in me came out and the broadcaster in me obviously those two things um you know when you're doing four hours of live tiger woods coverage after this you i I operate in fact i operate Mm -hmm. with the facts that we have and all we could do is sit there and report that there was no evidence of foul play and there was no effort to draw blood at the hospital okay so with those two things said it doesn't necessarily answer my question i did not hear i did and, not and, know and the it's not part there no it, okay. it's not a burning question i don't care yeah. I, I don't care what state he was in i care that tiger woods is okay physically mentally mm-hmm. emotionally i care that tiger woods is okay i don't care what led to this accident i don't care if there was um toxicology reports i don't care if there was a late night the night before none of that matters to me what matters is that tiger woods is alive and that i'm hoping the best for him yeah. but the idea that um and I want to I want to dance carefully here. The idea sure. that no blood was taken um, at the scene, and they were so quick to say um, there was no, you know, foul, foul play. play there whatever. was no. This is not like within hours it was declared that this is not being investigated as a DUI. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed quick. It seemed quick, and I'm not saying. Uh, I'm inferring. I'm not saying that I believe that there was foul player. I believe that Tiger Woods was under the influence of anything. No, but it might have just I, been I just a think case it was, of, that's I not, think it was, we don't care about that right now. It was a single car accident. Nobody yeah. else is involved. And if they can. Or it, was, or it was a case of, and we're, we're now operating in conjecture, but you can do that on a podcast. But yeah. it was, it could have been a case of, um, why am I blanking on his, uh, Silverman, his, his agent, Mark Silverman. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it could the, be a case uh, yeah, of, of, 
of Mark Silverman um, saying information flows through me. Let's not do this Mark the way Steinberg. we did the last Mark one. Not Mark Steinberg. Thank you. Mark so Steinberg. Mark Silverman. Um, yes, Mark, that's, still me. that's still me. <laughs> um, no, Mark Steinberg, that could have been a case of him um, flexing his muscles and saying, it all comes through me. You come to me with the information first, okay. and this is the line you're going. I, I don't know. I, I just, again, I'm happy that Tiger's okay. I'm hoping that none of that was the case, and it was just a case of uh, a car that he lost control of early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we're lucky that he's alive. We're lucky that he's okay. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the comeback, and I hope uh, he can get to the stage where he feels that same way. Um, if he's not already there, because we know Tiger Woods is a tour de force, uh, a little competitive men- mentally before physically, like yeah. the man, the man has broken other grown men's will with the look in his eyes that that's the dude we're dealing with here. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm still squarely in his corner. You can, you can believe that we're tiger pod always will be Joe. That's it. Um, let's do a hard left turn here to some Chicago bears football. Uh, the bears have again, been thrust for good, bad, or ugly into the quarterback conversation, which they need to be. But about a third of the league is in that conversation right now, either wanting a new quarterback or needing a new quarterback. There's only so many quarterbacks out there. Matt, let's just kind of run through the names connected with Chicago right now, where you think the likelihood that that individual plays for the Bears is, how much you want that individual mm-hmm. to play for the Bears. Do you want to go top to bottom? Do you want to go bottom to top? Like, let's go bottom. Let's go bottom to top. Let's just get so the bad ones out of Nick, the way. So for me, for me, that conversation starts with Nick Foles. Okay. If the if Nick Foles was not the answer for the Chicago Bears last year, if Nick Foles got his opportunity and Mitch Trubisky again took the job back from him because he was not the answer at quarterback, then guess what? He is not the answer next year either. For you to put Nick Foles under center week one as your starter would be a complete concession that we're done here for, for this front office. It would be a, hey, we got nothing. Good luck, Nick. That's what that would be to me. Honestly, my biggest worry about that too would be if those guys felt comfortable enough to start Nick Foles. Uh, be, uh, because if you're, if you're, if you're nagging in pace – you kind of have to be you have to be desperate this offseason. You have to do something different. You have to kind of rally the team and, and get them back to not only the playoffs, but in a spot where they're a competitive playoff team, unlike last year. And if they feel comfortable comfortable enough after what they saw from Nick Foles last year to be like, yeah, you know, uh, we're going to trot him back out there. We think he's our best option. That to me means those guys think they're a little bit they're even safer than we think they are. So I think mm-hmm. that's why I'm even I, I have him way down at the bottom of the barrel. I have him below Mitch because Mitch even beat him out last year. Um, if they, yeah, I, I'm at like a, I'm at a one out of ten on want, and I think the likelihood is right. Not that low, but I, I think you got that like a three out of ten. I think it's it's the fallback option, but I don't think it's a very realistic he, option because I think they have to be pretty desperate. I think they, uh, they on the ratings, on the rating scale, is zero an option? Can I say I want it zero? Yeah, out sure. Of 10? Let's go with zero. Okay, I want it zero out of ten. The I was just going out the one out of ten scale. We can go to the zero out of ten scale. The likelihood I think it, it happens is probably somewhere around a six. Okay, that, see, that's I'm not that high, and that's and that's just my lack of faith in this front office because Nick Foles would be the hey we couldn't get it we couldn't make a deal we couldn't find anybody we couldn't sign anybody this is our quarterback um, type thing. So what I'd if put it at about now six. here's what what if it was like 
they they settled on Foles as the starter with a first round pick of I don't know name your quarterback. They took Net, uh, I mean, Mac Jones, or they got a twenty. No, that's not okay. happening. Mac Jones is gone. Uh, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is gone. Yes. Obviously, uh, the kid for Zach Wilson's gone. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, the kid from well, I'm saying instead of instead like, of tra- instead of trading for a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson, they traded their first round pick and maybe another you know two moved or three up. picks to move yeah. up and you know to number yeah, twelve, yeah. number ten, something like that. Which is they'd have to give up something, but it would probably be less than it would take to get Wilson or Watson, and it would be moving up from twenty to two is not going to happen. Moving up from twenty to ten or twenty to eight is certainly possible. Yeah, and to move up to from twenty to eight, that probably brings Mac Jones into play, or the mm-hmm. kid from North Dakota State. Um, yeah. I don't think it brings in Justin Fields, and I don't think it brings Zach Wilson into play. Some teams have Zach Wilson going number two. Chris Sims um, has, has Zach Wilson listed as number one quarterback in the draft this year. And there's always going to be that one. What? I there's hate when be this, that one out. this happens yeah, that's, every that's year with quarterbacks you know with players. It's just guys and, and climb it doesn't matter. without playing games. It doesn't games. matter. But it doesn't matter because that's Chris Sims um, making sure that we're talking about Chris Sims. I guess. Uh, more power. And uh, I'm a Chris Sims fan. Not friend but of like, pod Chris Sims. Uh, Chris Sims of NBC. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I don't put much stock into that. Do I put a rising stock in Zach Wilson? Yeah. I mean, I've been digging into some YouTube film here, and he's special. Um, mind you, against uh, – Let's let's call it non-power five talent, but it's got the arm, he's got the swagger. Uh, he's a little bit of he's a little bit of Baker. He's a little bit of uh, he's got a good mixture yeah. of pieces. I think that there's going to be a lot of learning that needs to be done. Now, if that learning is done behind Nick Foles, am I thrilled? I don't know. At least we have some picture of the future. If Zach Wilson's going to be mm-hmm. a quarterback for the next four years, I don't think again that that's going to happen. But uh, just in terms of the draft board, all that moving up, unless you're going to sell the farm, does is get your Mac Jones. And I know I've said I'm I'm high on Mac Jones, but Nick Foles in front of Mac Jones, two pretty much stationary quarterbacks. So a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of standing around there. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't necessarily uh, – it doesn't necessarily – pique my interest all that much so um i I don't think that that's the route that they'll go i hope that that's not the route that they'll go but uh, we do have a a number of other quarterbacks we need to talk about here matt Uh, i think we did just a nice job let's let's actually before we talk about the other nfl quarterbacks let's talk about the realistic options Mm -hmm. at quarterback for the bears at number 20 kyle trask where's your struggle in kyle trask you know I've I was high on him to start the year. I started watching him a little bit more in college, and there's there's just a lot to work with, work on there for him. And my fear is he's a lot like Mitch coming in that he's got a lot of tools, but I'm not sure he's the complete you know package yet. Or if he can yeah. get there, who knows? But he's also going to come into a situation where he's going to be pressured into a starting job way too early. And he's a guy who's he started uh, Florida was two years ago, and that was the first time he played quarterback really since like a senior year of high school. Like he's a very very raw prospect, and yeah, he's got some talent there. But I don't want another project at quarterback because the Bears have proven they can't really get these projects right. And this this group, this front office, this coaching staff had a chance at a, pro- a project, and it failed. And yeah. it, if you bring in a Kyle Trask to back up a Nick Foles, it's 
awfully, awfully reminiscent of Mitch Trubisky coming in to back up Mike Glennon. And it's just going to I've seen that movie before and I don't want to see it again. Um, I think that just to put a number on it here in terms of Kyle Trask, my uh, my want level would be a one out of 10 just to put him a spot above mm-hmm. Nick Foles. I'd rather him than Nick Foles uh, be starting on day one next year. Um, but that said, you could probably get him. I don't know if you can get him with your second round. When, when do we pick in the second? Same spot in the second. I, think I believe, so, right? yeah. So 40 or whatever it would be. He's, I, don't know. I mean, he's dropping 52. for a reason. Maybe yeah. if, he's, if he's around there in the second round, the Bears decide I just they want to take a flyer on him. Great. If there's there's going to be a lot of, uh, I don't want to call it surefire talent, but there's going to be a lot of offensive line talent still around, around number 20, especially if there's this run on quarterbacks and position yeah. players. Um, so I really want to see the Bears go offensive line yeah. at 20. Unless the Bears um, are getting a Justin Fields somehow or a Trey Lance or a Zach Wilson, obviously Trevor Lawrence, yeah. they're not going to be getting. Just take the best tackle available. Yeah. So putting a number on it, I guess I'd put my want level on Trask at one likelihood level. I'd probably put it at one as well. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either. Um, let's talk about some of the NFL talent that has been connected to the Bears name. Obviously, Mitch Trubisky has been connected. That would be through the franchise tag, but it mm-hmm. all signs point to Allen Robinson getting that franchise tag. Sure um, sounds like it. Mitch would then need to either be re-signed on a one-year deal if, if there's no market for him. There's, there's a number of different ways that Mitch Trubisky could still be a bear next year um we've talked at nauseam about mitch trubisky on this podcast so i'll just go right ahead and put a number on it uh, my want level of mitch being the quarterback next year is three because i just want to put him in front of nick and i mm-hmm. want to put him in front of trask um so i'll put him at three the likelihood level i'd say is probably right around a three or a four as well yeah i, I i'd have him probably like a want around a four because i do think if there's a if you go the draft route and you do find someone you have in the draft or you go the route of, you know, adding on a star quarterback, if Mitch goes to free agency and nobody really is all that interested and he wants to come back and be a backup, I'd have him here as a backup before I'd have Nick Foles. And I think there's a chance chance that whatever quarterback trade they might possibly make, Nick Foles might have to be included as a piece going back. Um, but as a likelihood, I think, Think, I, I know they said yesterday all, all the cards are on the table. I think Ryan Pace said that like 1,500 times. Um, but I think to them that option is pretty much dead. I think that's less likely than Nick Foles being the starting quarterback, so I'd have it at about a one. I don't, I don't think yeah. in their eyes Tremich is an option before Nick Foles. Um, beyond that is where things get uh, a little bit interesting with some of the conversations that have been had around the NFL. Um, we obviously need to talk about Deshaun. We obviously need to talk about Russ. Uh, who else do we need to talk Alex about? Alex Smith here? is on there now. We need to that, talk about Alex Smith. Brought up. Uh, I got a sleeper in there in Matthew Ooh. Fitzpatrick. I got a sleeper Ryan in there Fitzpatrick. in James Ryan Fitzpatrick. I always do that. Uh, we got a sleeper PGA in there. PGA Tour golfer wants to be quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Bears. I probably have that at about a two, just above Nick Foles. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have uh, a sleeper in Jameis Winston, I think, that we need to talk about as well. Where do you want to go? here Matt uh let's go Jameis I like that I like that option uh want level for Jameis for me um I'd put him right next to Mitch uh at a three Mm -hmm. uh likelihood again I think it's a very Mitch uh I think it's a very Mitch zone right there at a four as well I I like that yeah it's the Mitch zone three four uh I think Jameis can do a lot of good things. I think that all those good things come with a ton of bad things as well Mm -hmm. um you just you just can't have 
you just can't lead the league in passing yards and lead the league in interception. You just can't. You just can't have that. Um, that would be very Bears. That would be you like can at least for a roller coaster ride. Yeah, that would be like taking it back to some of the old quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But um, it would be again a welcome alternative to Nick Foles. For me. Yeah, I have him above Mitch. I think I'd probably have him right around a five and want, but I think that. I think the likelihood of him being here is right at about a one. I just, I don't see him leaving new Orleans. I think there was too much there with his relationship with drew Brees. I think he went there to, I think he signed there with the intent of it being a one year deal. And then I'm going to be the guy here. Once Drew retires, I don't see him leaving there, getting out of there. I think that's also the best spot for him because I think in a Sean Payton coached offense where he's got a lot of help, where he's got a lot of weapons, where he's got a great running game, I don't think there's a better spot for him to kind of shake those bad habits and, and reach his full potential. So I think he's it, it's a one likelihood he's going anywhere but the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, and that's, you know, th- th- there's there's a domino effect to this all. Like if yeah, you just need decides, one to happen. If Russ decides tomorrow that he wants to be a Saint, then, you know, that opens up Jameis, obviously. Um, might even open up one year of Drew Brees somewhere if he oh, feels scorned enough. I don't think so. I don't um, so. Please don't. Uh, how about Fitzy? Uh, Fitzy want level for me. Like if this all, if this all kind of comes to pass and mm-hmm. the Bears are left without a chair in this game of quarterback musical chairs, um, I'd love to see Fitzy under center for the Bears next year as kind of a transition quarterback, as a let's give this one last go type thing yeah. with this group. Um, the only thing there is you know that beyond Fitz, it's getting blown up, and you have that. Depression looming. looming looming in the distance. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'd put my Fitz want level at five likelihood, probably right around four as well. I don't think it happens. Yeah, I got him right. At, like I got that both right down the middle at five and five. I, I seeing Fitz magic in in the Bears uniform seems like something that's destined to happen at some point throughout his career, and then followed by just the terrible quarterback play that follows a lot of the time. I just I feel like. That's kind of a match made in heaven, and there would be some fun times, there'd be some down times. I think the likelihood is also right there around a five. I think the likelihood of the Bears swinging and missing on the top targets is fairly possible, and having to go out and get a guy like that as your fallback plan, I I think, is the more realistic option than sticking with either the ones you got, and there's no one more veteran, transition-y quarterback out there than Ryan Fitzpatrick and that's just seems like something the Bears would do so I'll put that right around a five as well we'll, we'll call that the Dickens play because it'll be the best of times and the worst of times yeah, there you go that's um, good I like that that's that's the Dickens pick there with uh, Fitzmagic um, and then it gets then it gets serious we gotta throw Derek Carr um, in there too I think that was a name we didn't mention Derek actually both okay. Raiders quarterbacks probably Derek Carr Marcus Mariota and Mariota might be moving um I mean, I like Derek Carr. I like his leadership. I like his talent. I think that the public perception of Derek Carr does not meet the talent level. He had, like, I think he played, I forget what it was. I think he had, like, 15 straight quarters in the middle of the season last year with no interceptions. We think of this, like, turn away or turnover prone quarterback. I think he's grown from that. Um, I think he's far better than any option that we've mentioned um, yet. So I'd put my want level at Derek Carr at like a seven. I'd put the likelihood at like a three. Yeah, I, I got him. I'd be right around an eight with him as a likelihood because I think he's grown quite a with bit. With a want, you mean? With a want. Oh, sorry, want. Um, and I, I just, I don't think he's really been given a lot of the tools to succeed in Oakland. I think he had, he had Antonio Brown for about a week. 
Um, you know, say, name went, his top target I mean, in Oakland. The best his best receiver he had was Nelson Aguilar, who basically Derek Carr was able to revive his career because Aguilar can run fast, and he basically just said, "Run fast, and I'll hit you with the deep ball." And that's what happened on a lot of those big Raiders plays. Uh, by the way, the Bears no disrespect to Darren Waller, but we're talking about you know he. But they, well, I'm sorry, they had he has the one guy. You, obviously, Darren Waller is very good, but you have a tight end. You still need some more guy, more options outside. Yeah. You have to have more than one option, and he just kind of didn't really have it. Um, I think the Bears have a pretty good deep target in Darnell Mooney here. I think they it, provided they tag and, and come to a deal with Robinson, which I think they'll at least tag him. You have a, a legitimate number one receiver. You have two pretty solid tight ends. You got some weapons. You got a bit of a running game. You got a little bit more of an open offense that might let Derek Carr throw the ball a little bit more. I'd be a big fan of it, but like, I, I just I think he's going to stay in Oakland. I think when all's said and done, John Gruden's going to realize, especially with the year Carr had last year, that grass isn't always greener and if they don't end up with russell wilson i don't see a better option for them out there on the market yeah no i'd agree with you as for mariota i just haven't seen marcus mariota play football in two years you know that's sort of a a bit of a a bit of a quandary uh and he's still i don't know would he fit a, a matt Nagy quote unquote system or is this going to be, excuse me, the Matt Nagy, Tom Herman system, offensive? Okay, cool. We've, we've, we've brought in another offensive guru here. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to entertain Marcus Mariota, so I, I'd put my want level at maybe put him right there in the Trubisky range at three um, and put the likelihood level even further down. Close yeah, to see, I, I'm, at, I'm with you at a three on the want level. I don't really have much desire in exploring that, but I just I have a bad feeling that there's that, that option on a one-year deal is a lot more likely than we think. Yeah, I have it just about a six. I can see them being like he's – I can see Ryan Pace being like, well, the Titans did it with Ryan Tannehill, so – Marcus Mariota would have to come here and be that good. It's just going to happen and go out and sign Marcus Mariota to a one-year deal, maybe even overpay him. And I'm just, that to me seems like the, well, we didn't go out and get an old veteran. We got a guy with some potential, but like, he's still not very good. And they, they think they did good enough. And I just, that, that one terrifies me. I can see that one happening and it makes me scared. Okay. Uh, with that in mind, I need to bring up another name, one that terrifies me. Uh, Alex Smith has recently ah, hit the quarterback market, uh, cut by the Washington football team, who will continue to be the Washington football team through this season. Why? Um, they haven't come up with a name yet. It's not hard. Capitals. Don't, Don't they already have one of those? Yeah, who cares? Have a second one. Lions. No, there's a Lions. Uh, there's a Lions. There's a Lions. Um, uh, Alex Smith, uh, his comeback story know. has been amazing. Uh, I I couldn't imagine watching him be the Bears quarterback, though, because every single snap I watched him take last year, I held my breath. It's stressful. So for me to hold my breath because Alex Smith is playing football and for me to hold my breath because Alex Smith is playing football for the mm-hmm. Bears, I might pass out. That's what I'm most worried about. Like I might well, don't do at that. some we don't point want you to pass during out. the football season from all the breath holding, I might pass out. So my want level for Alex Smith, I'd rather have Mitch Trubisky be the quarterback next year. So I'd say my want level for Alex Smith is a two and likelihood is a five. Yeah, I'm going to have him at a two on a likelihood as well. I, I don't, I just, I don't 
see the benefit in it. And again, that's similar to a Fitzpatrick thing where it's, they're trying to get some magic one last time and see if they can't make a run. And then if it doesn't happen, they're going to have to blow the thing up. So you're going to have that looming all season. I think the likelihood's pretty high, honestly. I, 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 again, like I think the likelihood of them swinging and missing on a lot of these quarterbacks is pretty high. And I think with Matt Nagy's relationship with Alex Smith, and his desire to kind of have his guy who knows his offense running in there doing that doesn't matter that he's coming off, you know, the, the awful broken leg. And I think they're going to see what he did last year in Washington and be like, yeah, he can he can come here and play and win 10 games. And I, I think the likelihood's around like a seven or an eight. I, I really do think that's outside of I think that might be the most likely option for me at this point. Um. And, and that terrifies yeah, me. I guess. I just, I guess. That, that's another guy that I, I think they can see what he did last year and he wants to play and Nagy knows him and, you know, he, he's comfortable with him and he knows my system and he's smart and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think he's the worst quarterback op- option out there, but like you said, he, he's more than anyone one play away from, from being very, very hurt again. And also like Fitzpatrick, he's kind of signaling that this is our last gasp this is us you know fighting for air one more time before we have to you know call it an end and then there's the two big fish matt uh the two quarterbacks who are currently under contract big time franchise quarterback type deals that are unhappy Mm -hmm. you got russell wilson you got deshaun watson and on on a scale of uh, happy to unhappy. I think Deshaun Watson is at the far end of the gamut of unhappy. Yeah, we got uh, the zero to ten scale. I think he's like <laughs> at this point. He's watching all of his friends go to Arizona. Uh, he's got no. He's got Larry Tunsil is the biggest thing that he's got going for him right now. Um, Deshaun Watson want level for me as the Bears quarterback. I'd put it a nine just because I got to leave space for a ten. And likelihood level for Deshaun, I'd put it a one. I got him at a 10 because I, I know we, I'm not doing 10 for two people, but I have him as, as a want for a 10. Um, I, would, I got likelihood over a one because I do think the Bears of, of any team that are looking to trade for a quarterback are the most desperate. And like we've seen from Ryan Pace in the past, he's not a way to give away draft picks like Candy. Um, I put the likelihood at about a four. Because I, I, he's going to get traded. I think he almost has to at this point. I, I don't think it's ever a lock slam dunk that anyone's going to get traded anywhere. But I, I would put the Bears at, you know, I think Miami is probably the most likely trade scenario destination because they have the high pick. They have two if they want to send him back. But I think the Bears are kind of in that second tier of realistic possibilities for Deshaun. So I put him right about a four and I'm a 10 at a one. I don't necessarily think he has to be traded. He doesn't have any leverage. His, his leverage is I'm willing to lose money. Whereas the Texans leverage is you're our quarterback and those papers on the table say so. Like if he wants yeah, to but sit like, it's out. It's the same way that like it's starting to become a little bit more of like an NBA type thing. Like, yeah, the, the Rockets had papers that said James Harden was their starting shooting guard. But he figured out he just made it impossible enough to keep him that he had. But those are two. Those are two different markets. Those are two different markets. If if Deshaun Watson does what James Harden does and starts veiled throwing games, like just going out there and going through the motion, you can't do that in the NFL. You end up hurt if you do that in the NFL. If Deshaun Watson takes the field in the NFL, he's going to perform. It doesn't matter what jersey he has on. 
to maintain his own well-being. He mm-hmm. needs to be a full Deshaun Watson. I, I I get the whole player empowerment thing, and I support it. I just don't think it's there yet in the NFL. Yeah, we've seen some guys force out. Yeah, we've seen teams give goodwill like they did just with J.J. Mm-hmm. Watt for, you know, put, putting everything that he could into this organization. Um, I When it comes to the quarterback position, it is the success and the failure of your franchise. And to have a quarterback, the quality of Deshaun Watson – you're going to do every single thing in your power to get him out onto the field to play for your team. Um, if they can get the return that they want, it would not surprise me if he's traded. I just don't think it's a surefire thing that week one, Deshaun Watson's not under center for the Houston Texans, or week one, he's not at least under contract with the Houston Texans. Let me not say under center. Yeah, again, I don't think it's a 100% surefire thing. I just think at this point when the relationships become this toxic that you even as an organization have to figure out that it's probably best for us long-term to just take the alt picks and maybe then try and shoehorn a guy who doesn't want to be here, who's never going to want to be here to stay. Yeah. I think it, um, maybe the Texans don't see it that way. Maybe they are, their ego is large enough that they can convince Deshaun to want to stay. But at some point when you got a guy that doesn't want to be there that bad and you got a team that's saying, Hey, here's three first round picks, a second, a third, whatever you kind of have to take that and start over. I guess so, but they just haven't, they obviously haven't gotten the offer that they're looking for just yet. So not in the um, voicemails yet. Not, not yet. When do not people yet. start sliding into DMS with the Sean trade offers already? Yeah. Already's happened. You had to have, um, I don't know, but I, I want to continue this conversation yep. because I'm, I'm very interested in, why you put that as a 10 and you're going to put this next one as a nine. I assume oh, it's very simple. There's there's, there's uh, there. I, I would have them at the same level, but go ahead. Russell Wilson for yeah. me is a 11 want mm-hmm. uh, likelihood. I've bought into this a little bit uh, after seeing that the bears have made an offer um, and that that offer, while it apparently fell short uh, is the best thing that the Seahawks have heard thus far on mm-hmm. him. I, I haven't, heard any detailed offers beyond what the bears have done. Um, the fact that Russell Wilson made it clear that the bears are on his short list of teams mm-hmm. that he would play for, uh, that he'd waive his no trade for. I put the likelihood just cause I'm trying to put this out into the ether and speak it into existence, but the likelihood at a five for Russell Wilson. Yeah. I I'm at a nine simply because of their ages. Um, one's 25 or 20, 25, 26, one's 32. Um, and that is, other than that, I would take Russell in just about every other facet of the game because we, I mean, this year he was an MVP candidate for a while. Uh, he has a Super Bowl. He's been a elite quarterback in the NFL for a long time, but one's 32 years old. And granted, 32 years old is kind of right in the middle of your prime now. It's not like yeah. I mean, we, what do we need? We need ten. If we need ten years out of the guy, I think he's got ten years left in him. Probably, but like a 42 year old, ten years down the road. 35 is 42 or you know one's still in kind of their prime at a quarterback that credit. i mean that's fine middle, but that, that that is again that's i think russell might I, be but might i remind you matt might i remind he's the better quarterback yeah. undoubtedly yeah he's he's, I'm, he's I'm, a Super that, Bowl just, champion. i want you to know that's not what i'm saying here i'm just i think they are in kind of the same plane i think deshaun in terms of talent all that is kind of just one rung below russ but deshaun is seven years younger and seven years less hits taken and all that kind of stuff okay but that's where i want to push back is the birth certificate says whatever it says one guy has had reconstructive knee surgery the other has not Mm -hmm. um i think that 
just from a that's part of the reason not not because of the injury but because of the build i love russell wilson's build as my quarterback maybe he's not the tallest guy in the world but he's stout he can take hits he's proven he can take it oh, yeah. most hit quarterback over the last that quarter six that seasons. offensive line has been a project it's why he wants it's why he wants out of seattle mm-hmm. uh, essentially um I like his build. I like his pedigree. I like his numbers. I like his uh, decision-making all more than I like Deshaun Watson. Now, I, I'm still a huge Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. fan. I'd still love to see him as a bear. But just as Alex Smith's prior injury gives me pause, uh, Deshaun Watson's prior injury gives me a little bit of pause. Not, right? not, to, that, not to that extent. He tears ACL so. twice. Yeah, I believe so. Um, not to that extent, but he is – just speaking frankly, he is a slender build. He is yeah, from no, he waist is. down a stick figure. Um, he's now a little he's elusive. He's elusive. He's probably got a little bit more playmaking ability than Russ, and he does have the age thing on him. But some of the parts, I take Russ over uh, over Deshaun ten times out of ten. I will say to Deshaun's credit, unless I'm missing one major one, he does have those knee. He had those knee issues in college, and he. he he does have the slender frame, but behind a bad, and it's only been a few years, but behind a pretty bad offensive line, Houston for a while, he's yep. done a pretty great job of staying on the field, taking hits. And I, I, I'm not missing some major injury where I missed some time. I, I believe Look he's played us. just about most, most of his games. He's had the chance to play. We're um, splitting hairs here about our all pro. Yeah, that, that, that's what, like, like, <laughs> I'm not me having wanted to give me Sean at a 10 Russ at a nine. Uh, it, it's not saying I don't, obviously I want Russell Wilson and I would be ecstatic. And if they, uh, I, it's strictly just that one is 25 and one is 32. Every, pretty much every other facet. I think I'd say I want Russ, but just when you're looking at a franchise quarterback, if you can have one that's in his mid twenties versus one that's in his low, th- you know, early thirties, yeah. I think you, that has to play a big factor. I have the likelihood, I think, even a little bit higher. I think the Bears are the most likely trade destination for Russell Wilson. Um, I think Dallas is going to go back to Dak. I I really do. Um, I think New Orleans has their guy in Jameis, and I also don't think they're in a position with their cap situation, with their draft picks, to be in that market right now. Um, I guess Oakland, sorry, Las Vegas is right up there. Uh, I don't, I don't think they're all that cap strapped behind there, so maybe they're another option. But I think when it comes down to it, I, I just, I, I think the Bears will go above and beyond for a guy like Russell Wilson, where I don't. You see think Mike Russell Mayock. Wilson's going to go to a place called Sin City? No, I don't. I think, also, I also don't you think see the God fearing man that he is. Jesus, I don't see Mike Mayock and John. I see their egos as bigger to the point where they think three first round pick and it honestly probably might be for them that three first round picks and Derek Carr quarterback is better value to their team than losing three round picks and having Russell Wilson Um, it just just clicked in my brain it just clicked in my brain you know exactly you know what the Raiders are going to do because Mike Mayock and John Gruden, since my time being there, since they got there, hmm. they've wanted to move on from Derek Carr. They've wanted to make this franchise their own. And it almost feels I a little bit forced. It, it almost feels a little bit forced because Gruden, uh, excuse me, because Carr has been a, you know, top half of the league starter, I'd mm-hmm. call him. And it almost feels For sure. forced like, oh, we need, we need to get away from this guy. He's the problem. No, they just want it to be in their own vision. And yeah. with that said, I think that in their own vision – implies they want to draft somebody that they don't necessarily want to go trade for somebody. Mm-hmm. I think they sell the farm and fall in love with this Zach Wilson and go pick him at 
the two three, or three, whatever. They move, they move all the way up the board and go get Zach. They have, that would that would be the most Raidery John Gruden, Mike Mayock thing. I can to see To go that. move up crazy, crazy heights to pick the raw talent kid who you think you're smarter than everybody, and we'll see if it works I out. love that we're just talking out probably like the Bears' biggest competition for Russell Wilson. We're just talking him out of the uh, – we're talking him out of the That's conversation. It. We're, That's we're, it. We're no, getting we, him out. We're, we made one the by one for you. One by one, we're winning right away. Fields, okay? Go do it. <laughs> Uh, so we got to put a period on this conversation here, Matt. Uh, end of the day, week one, Bears season next year. So who's under center? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Like I know I had likelihoods you, higher, but I'm just, I know I had Alex Smith as an eight, which I, I just I think they're. I, I really do think they know they have to be desperate. I do think Ryan Pace is not afraid to ship away picks when he's desperate. And I think when you're in a situation like that, it, you have to. And for me, I'm always, I'm always hesitant on the sell the farm for anybody type thing, but we're talking about a Super Bowl winning franchise quarterback mm-hmm. who is under contract and it doesn't get any better than that right now. Yeah. Like that, that's, it's, it's, if you, if you want contract. to contend, if you want to go oh, in, in, in respect to these quarterback contracts yeah. that are coming out now, it, it's a, it's a bargain. If you want to contend for a Super Bowl, you need to have an all pro quarterback You're, you need to at least have a, you need to have a top six quarterback in the league. Like we, we've gone through this before. Aaron Rodgers. Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Josh Allen. Those were your quarterbacks championship mm-hmm. weekend. You have to have someone of that ilk to be there. There are no there's there's no more Joe Flacco Super Bowls coming down the pipe. I don't foresee it. Unless unless we get a generational defensive effort on mm-hmm. a team that I mean, I just don't I, I don't see any defense in the league right now being good enough. I mean we, we had that generation generational effort in twenty eighteen. And they lost the wild card round. To, exactly, you know. and that—that's that, my point. Is that you can't do it that way. It, it just—it's something. Everything. The stars need to align for you to do it with defense. It's a different era in the NFL. You need the quarterback if we want to contend. If this front office wants to make a difference and leave some sort of mark on the franchise, even if it doesn't work out in terms of winning a Super Bowl, you gotta go get us Russell Wilson. Because quite honestly, even if you're them too, and you go out and get Russell, I mean. If you're, I'm, I'm not saying that I want Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace or Ryan Pace to stay for much longer than this year, but if they go out and get Russ Wilson to, there's your lifeline. There, you just bought yourself probably at least Pace. I wouldn't necessarily say Nagy, but if you're Ryan Pace and you go out and trade for Russell Wilson, you one just fix the one problem that has plagued you your entire time with the Bears outside of the quarterback position. Yeah, he's he's had some hits and misses, but he's been a fairly decent general manager putting the team together. Just a quarterback thing that he's really kind of boggled um if you go out and get that and you have that fixed like man you're you're in really good standing with the mccaskies who already love you and you could you, you have your you can talk your way into three or four more years with this and you completely you completely flip the narrative with bears fans and, yeah. and people like us who have been critical uh, of pace because if of, you go out and trade those three first round picks whatever uh, you're trading fine. give them any exactly give them whatever they want you're trading if you get Russell Wilson, this year's number 20, you have to think that the Bears are picking no less than 20 in the next few drafts, which I'm sorry, once you get out of the top 10 in the NFL draft, even in the NFL t- draft, those first-round picks, while they're incredibly valuable, like they're by no means locks. And where the Bears have gotten 
where this this current Bears regime has kind of made their money in the drafts has been those second round, third round, fourth round yep. type picks. Value. Um, they they've they found great value in the draft, and if you can find a way to go get this this franchise quarterback, this elite top five quarterback in the NFL, and you can keep a lot of those chances to get your value picks where you can find value, you have to go do it because the roster right now with Russell Wilson on it is actually a pretty darn good roster. And that also rejuvenates your a little bit of an aging defense too. Absolutely. It's because that it's, defense is a it's different a conversation. Animal. It's a different animal that defense next year trotting out the field for that first drive knowing Russ Wilson is my quarterback. It's a conversation that we've had many times in the past. Proven commodity over unknown commodity. And, and he makes everyone better. There aren't, there aren't many proven commodities more proven than mm-hmm. Russell Wilson in a game of football. Um I just think that it would be it would fix a lot of things because when you look at it like grand scheme of things, zoom out just as a Bears fan before Russell Wilson ever takes a snap for the Chicago Bears. Let's say he signs a contract. We're waiting all summer. We're excited Mm -hmm. for September. He doesn't have to take a snap and he's the greatest quarterback in the history of Chicago Bears football. Mm -hmm. Hands down. Like, I won't even hear a conversation. With all due respect to Sid Luckman and Eric Chandler and Jay. Jay Cutler, Russell Wilson, day one, is the greatest quarterback in the history of Bears football. And that that's both devastatingly sad that we've never had a 4,000-yard passer, and it is amazing, and it is it inspires great hope. Um uh, before he even takes a snap, that we have a chance, that we have a quarterback, and we have a chance. That is not a feeling that we've had. Like, yeah, we had a feeling of that in, like you said, 2018, that we had a chance, but mm-hmm. I don't think we ever felt that we had the court. Like, yeah, that was the year that no. oh, Mitch might Mitch might be. Mitch might, Mitch might yeah. be, and he wasn't. I mean, um, yeah. Uh, I, I think just from a from the, the be grand, the first time we've ever known that we have that. Exactly. We came Broken. close with Jay, and I think when the when the Bears traded for Jay, everybody, I don't think everybody thought the Bears got an elite quarterback, but I think they thought you know we got kind of the next rung below that. Whether you think Jay hit that or not, he probably did at times, didn't at a lot of others. That's that, that's probably the closest we've come to it. But this is the first time you'd know for a fact we got that guy. And I think yeah. it, it might have been one of your guys over at CBS that had the tweet like top four greatest quarterbacks in Bears history: Sid Luckman, Jay Cutler, Eric Kramer. Russ saying he was interested. Russ in the Bears. mentioned, yeah, no, that was that was Robert Mays. That okay. was, uh, yeah, he's a big Bears fan. I think he's either with the Ringer or the Athletic. Not sure, but that I think was the Ringer. Him. He's a great Bears follow because um, he's a national columnist. But you could tell he still speaks with the true uh, heart, scarred heart of a Bears fan. Yeah. Okay. After this conversation, I'm going to flip. I'm got. I got Russ at a ten, Deshaun at a nine nine. So, I've so I've, I've swung Russ. you. I've he swung did. you into Russ. I've I, swung you you into swung Russ, me so. into Russ. I also swung myself into Russ. Okay. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you think that. That's fine. I'm just glad that you've come and seen the light. But I st- I'm still higher on the Deshaun. You're at a nine. I'm at a nine point nine. So hopefully this time next week we are talking to you about Chicago Bears quarterback Russell Wilson. And if that um, happens, we will have an emergency pod. There will be an emergency pod. There will be an emergency pod. We will make it happen. I will step out uh, of the office at work and talk and record it from my car. Um, it's uh, it's something that we can at least hope for um, that he's mentioned it that we're in the conversation now. Just just make it happen. Make it happen, the powers that be. Matt, we uh, got to hit a couple other topics here. I think we're going to do so through buy or sell. Correct? Yeah. 
What's uh, you want to um, start? You want to start? You want me to start? Yeah, NBA All Star Weekend coming up here. Uh, game is Sunday. They're doing a dunk contest at the halftime of the game, uh, and it's I believe Anthony Simons, uh, Obi Toppin, and ain't no stopping. Ain't no stopping. And uh, I'm missing one. The kid, the 19. What's his name? I forget. But it's it um, sounds like a big name. It's missable for me. Uh, I guess I'm already selling on it. Buy or sell Matt uh, NBA All-Star Weekend this year. Are they doing the All-Star game the way they did last year with like the four different quarters? Uh, I don't think so, but they are doing the – they are drafting the teams like it's not East-West again. If they were doing – the, which I don't know why they wouldn't go back the way they did it last year where they did you know basically who wins each quarter, I would be all in on it because I think that made for a better product and I think it made each kind of – it just made the game more competitive. Whereas, you know, sometimes you see these games get to 20, 30 point leads and then it's even more of just walking up and down the court and shooting a three and going, hey. There's going to be a lot of that this year. These guys don't want to be there. It's dangerous. No, they very much don't. I think LeBron even said, like, just trying to avoid the fine. Because you get get fined if you get voted to the All Star game and you don't go. (laughs) I think you might see a lot of those people just suck it up and pay the fine. Um, That said, I, yeah, I'm not really all that interested. I think we've seen in the last. Like we said, with the exception of last year, where I thought it was the best all-star game we've seen in a long time, you just see guys more than ever going through the motions, not really caring, just going to get through it. And I think you'll see that even more so to an extent this year. Um, I'm excited for the three-point contest. I, I usually am. And just to watch those guys clear racks like that, it's a yeah, good that's a fun part. Is it, when is, Are they uh, both at halftime or is it dunk cost at halftime? No. Three-game? Three-point and skills competition, I don't know if they're Saturday or pregame, but they're okay. not during the game. Dunks at halftime. Okay. Um, I think that it'll be uh, it'll be a fun three-point contest. I mean, we got Steph, Zach, we got Tatum, we got Zach, like we Zach. got, uh, I believe, I want to say Devin Booker is That's right. I participating I as well. So it's a good group of shooters, so I'm always very interested in three-point contest. Dunk contest, um be cool if we see something new, but we just haven't seen anything new in about four There's or five years. There's nothing new so. to do. Like, it's just all been done. Yeah. Until um, we see someone do, like, a flip. Just the fact that it's at halftime adds a little intrigue for me, but I, I don't know. I, I've been thoroughly entertained by the NBA this season. I don't need a sideshow. Just let these guys rest for a few days and let's get back to it. I, yeah, I guess I, I should correct myself. I'm excited to see Zach Levine in the three-point contest, and I'm excited for him to be in the All-Star game, but I don't really care about the All-Star what a, game. What a, I guess that's what, a com- what a company, man. What I'm, company, I, man. I'm, we're, Zach, we're a Zach pod. We're becoming a Zach we're pod. Z- we're also a Zach pod. We're Zach pod. <laughs> we're a Tiger pod. We're a Bears pod. We got a lot of, we got a lot of tags. Uh, you got anything for me here, Matt? Yeah, I'm going to go. I got I got the college basketball. I got a UFC. I'm going to start college basketball because I'd like the, the okay. UFC to kind of send us into the weekend a little bit. Um, after Illinois' route of Michigan last night, buy or sell, the four one seeds are locked in uh, with Baylor. With Baylor also getting the big win over West Virginia, locking up the Big 12. Uh, Baylor, Gonzaga, Michigan, Illinois are your four one seeds. Lock it up. Yeah, I, com- I completely buy that because – Coming into last night, I felt like it was there was a clear tier one, tier two separation in terms of Gonzaga, Baylor, and Michigan being better than everyone, and then Illinois, Illinois like stopped them top of that top of that second tier with maybe Bama, West Virginia, um, 
you know, that, and then that would be, that would be top mm-hmm. of tier two, but then you, you have Illinois do something like they did. And I think that speaks way more to Illinois than it does to Michigan. Michigan had season lows in just about every department last night. Um, not to, not to say that that's an excuse and that Illinois had nothing to do with that, but no, but sometimes was, you have an off night. An, it was an off night. You can't have off nights in a tournament because that means your season's over. But mm-hmm. I still think they are an elite team deserving of a one line. So with that said, yeah, lock them up because Gonzaga's not moving off a of one line. Yeah. They all they do is play San Francisco and the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. Uh, Baylor's not Great moving name. off a of one line after that win, and Illinois, I feel like won their way into a one line last night. Um, yeah, I think those are your four one seeds. I think they're all deserving. Um, and I think it's going to be a really exciting tournament. I, I will get out in front of it right now and say that if you told me I could have Gonzaga in the field right now, I'm taking the field. And I know okay. that's not like a, cr- that's not like a crazy statement, but I just like, look at, I haven't seen a lot of Gonzaga this the, here. I don't exactly, think a lot of our exactly. No, no one has because they're playing, uh, San Francisco and BYU mm-hmm. at eleven o'clock at night. They're tipping it, and time with time notwithstanding, like I just think that if you're if you're looking at what these teams are going through to get into the tournament and to earn their seed, what Baylor went through last night, what West Virginia went through last night, what Illinois and Michigan went through, those are like quote unquote battle testing. Yeah, they're going through Gonzaga, fighting battles. Gonzaga's Gonzaga, not. what happens when Gonzaga finds themselves in a four point ball game with 90 seconds on the clock? Like mm-hmm. how do they respond to that against a Alabama in the Sweet 16, against a Arkansas, against like a team that's played a tough conference schedule? Now I get it. Amazing talent on Gonzaga. Uh, Ayai, Drew Timmy, uh, Corey Kispert. Like, they have guys who are likely going to play certain roles in the NBA moving forward. And that's mm-hmm. often valuable and can tell you how well a team's going to do in the tournament. But I just, I don't think, I think you need, I think you need to have your feet held to the fire before you get to the tournament. And they just simply haven't. Yeah, okay. They get a ranked win over Virginia the day after Christmas. That was the last time they played a, a game that, like, mattered mm-hmm. for for anyone that's a long time for the sake of for the sake of the resume um yeah you beat an iowa team in early december is that who iowa is today i don't think so um you what was their other win they beat uh, I, iowa I, they beat virginia they had another oh they started off the season with a win against then number six kansas yeah, this I mean, number six team in the in no, and also early season wins as we've seen in the past don't really completely different things. teams. They don't matter. You are two different teams on you as you are on opening night as as you are in the Sweet Sixteen. I just think that I think that this is going to be uh, a Gonzaga team that again falls in the Sweet Sixteen and, and says, "Oh, maybe we should have scheduled a little bit of uh, a test coming down the stretch." They're just it's just not it's just not them for me. I think that like. Real top four in my eyes goes Baylor, Michigan, Illinois, Gonzaga. Okay. Or Baylor, Michigan, Gonzaga, Illinois. And no disrespect to Illinois. They've just been – Michigan has been more consistent this year than Illinois has. And I understand oh, that, what that, happened yeah, last night. But Illinois has shown the ability to not show up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you I think were talking about a big win against Michigan. They were also just coming off a big loss at Michigan State, who might not even – Exactly. Exactly. So I think that that volatility in Illinois keeps them below Michigan in my power rankings. So let me go this way with it. Let me say Baylor, Michigan, Gonzaga, Illinois is my top four right now. Okay. Uh, It it seemed like going into last night, 
the only question was would Illinois play their way into a one seed and become that fourth option or was that that fourth option going to be up for grabs and it seems like Illinois wouldn't kind of firmly grab that so and I mean doing it without Io DeSumo too like even more impressive without their on. best player um and hopefully he's you know back to full strength. He's got it sounds like he uh, is. It, it seemed like he was almost questioning. He was almost going to go last night. night and yeah. Underwood kind of yeah. just said like, "Hey, buddy, yeah, we want to win this one, and we we might be able to without you. Obviously, they did, but we need to beat Michigan in two weeks, not tonight. Yeah, and just feed Kofi. Just feed Kofi inside. That's um, we'll, we'll get yeah, into like, the conference. What, what happens? What happens when Drew Timmy? He's got Kofi Coburn leaning on him. Like that's what I want. That's what I want to see. Okay, hopefully, like, we find, I I, we'll see. probably find out at some point, or if not, Kofi Coburn, yeah. somebody else. Um, yeah. Conference championship is next weekend, not this upcoming one. Correct, the twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth. Selection weekend. Sunday coming on the selection Sunday is the fourteenth. Okay. Well, head over to CBS Sports HQ for all your college that's basketball. It. CBS uh, Sports HQ will have info, a sprawling coverage. Probably some some reacts to selection Sunday. I, I would imagine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you're, you're, that's where we got to go. Your boy's going to be your boy's going to be working for selection Sunday busy. stuff. And then and then and then the kids just kids just sneaking out for the sneaking, first week of the sneaking tournament. Sneaking out, to, you know, sneaking so, out hey, play a little, after after play a working, golf in Arizona. After working hard, you got to go take a little bit of a break sometimes. Okay? You get a couple they, days they, off. Then they bring the heavy hitter back in for Sweet 16 round and beyond. So. There you go. Love um it. Uh, you wanted to go UFC. UFC. Right? I just I want, you know, generally I, I ask you buy or sell this UFC card. Um, the main is what? Um, Adesanya versus Bokovitz, I believe is how you pronounce that name. It's the, the, the combo, the light heavyweight and the middleweight title fights. Um, um, we, we buy in that fight. What, what's going on in that? Oh fight? my God. Like this is, there's, 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 there's three title fights on this card. Like if you're going to buy any, I think card, I see Amanda Nunes and somebody is that the women's fight. Yes. Okay. Uh, Amanda Nunes and uh, Megan Anderson for, I believe that's welterweight or flyweight at the women's, I believe welterweight. Okay. Uh, the, but I mean, Amanda Nunes, she's on a 12 fight win streak. She's peerless. She's going to absolutely pick apart Megan Anderson in, in this fight as well. But she's, she's the greatest female fighter in UFC history. So anytime that that's on the card, like, yeah, sign me up too. Um, and then beyond that, you have a, uh, another title bout between, uh, Piotr Jan and Al Jermaine Sterling, which might, those that's are got, some names, you know, our, our guys always give us like, Hey, this is, you know, it's not the main event, but this has got fight of the night type, um, potential. It's going to be a war between Okay, the name is spelled Peter, P-E-T-E-R. Okay. But it's pronounced, it's been pronounced by like actual announcers and officials. Three. Sometimes you get Peter, sometimes you get Piotr, and sometimes you get Petter. So if you hear any one of those three, it's the same guy. Okay. Uh, but that Jan would be versus Sterling. Uh, Jan versus Sterling, and I believe a welterweight men's title fight there. Uh, Jan is the title holder, beat uh, Jose Aldo for a vacant belt. So this is his first title of defense, and Aljamain Sterling's a full-on problem. Um, these are 135-pounders, so they're going to be – it's going to be fast-paced. They're going to be throwing. Um, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Then you got the Nunez fight against Megan Anderson. I can't tell you a lot about Megan Anderson. I'm looking yeah, at, I, I mean, pulled up uh, CBS here to cbssports.com uh, to, to check some odds. You guys had an article for the UFC at 259 odds. Nunez is a, a minus 1200 favorite. Yeah, I was going to say, so I thought she was. No value there, guys. Yeah, no, you, you're going to have to throw, uh, you're going to have to pick like 
first round knockout or second round knockout. Like you're going to have to pick yeah. when it's going down to, to make any money on that one. And then your main event, I mean, Israel Adesanya is arguably the best pound for pound fighter in the world right now. And he's taking his talents from middleweight at 185 to fight Jan Blahovitz uh, at 205 is the cap there. And Blahovitz is probably going to go come walk into the ring closer to 220. And Izzy's going to walk into the ring probably around 200 pounds. He walks around at like 200. He's six foot four. Uh, walks around at like 215 pounds and okay. is just going to fight. I mean, a natural cut down to 205. Um, but like it, it's in terms of like fighters usually sucking down weight, he's going to be very close to his natural weight um, and he's going to be fighting a guy bigger than him. But they call him the last style bender for a re- He just moves like water. Like I challenge anyone that isn't into MMA that might be interested in this fight, just go on YouTube and Google – um, Google Israel Adesanya highlights because even just the way, even when he's not fighting, like the way when he's warming up, the way his head moves and his neck, like he's almost untouchable. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens if Blahovitz can get his hands on Adesanya. But he's going to be throwing punches. Hard to he's going to be throwing kicks. He's going to be throwing elbows. He loves throwing knees. Like it's going to be a striker's buffet and I think Adesanya I, I, I don't know what the odds are off the top of my head right Adesanya now Adesanya is minus 265 Blahovitz is plus 225 yeah so to Adesanya coming in as a heavy favorite and like history on the line if he wins he gets the light heavyweight belt he's a middleweight if he mm-hmm. wins he'll hold both the light heavyweight and middleweight belt uh, he'll be the first champ champ since Connor. And he'll be the fifth champ champ in the history of the UFC. He'll also be the first champ champ to be undefeated. No one's ever held two belts and had an undefeated record. Like, Interesting. He's, he's special. And so it sounds I, like I he's your pick. He's my pick. Um, if I had to parlay it uh, on those three fights, I'd take the contender, uh, the underdog in Sterling. I'd take Nunez as the heavy favorite, and I'd take Adesanya. So if you want to put those three together, okay. I mean, Nunez is such a, a crazy, crazy favorite that... It's not even worth I don't it to know. put it in there. It, it, it's not even, yeah. So, I, I mean... It'll add like for a, a little, dollar to your payout. little two-fight parlay, go with the underdog in Sterling and the favorite in Adesanya, and just enjoy it, because, like I said, like these are going to be three really entertaining fights, and usually it's like... We know we're going to get one good fight, and then a fight jumps off the card and entertains us. This is not that. Um, this is this is three fights build and three fights I think that we're going to get and that are going to be awesome. Now, uh, Nunez is probably going to be more of a um, of an exhibition in terms of like no, those, those are fun to watch. Though, so you kind of need a break. Yeah. sometimes with when you have those barn burner type fights. Sometimes you need one like that that's just kind of a, an exhibition, kind of a beat down to break it up a little bit. Yeah, uh, ease the tension, if you will. Like kind of take away some of the stress of watching those high profile fights. That might, that might serve its purpose there. I don't feel like I need to sell Israel Adesanya any further, but if I did, the way I would describe him is Conor McGregor at 185 pounds. Like remember when Conor was the striking force that he Mm -hmm. was and his movement was so fluid and he could throw anything at you and finish you anyway, but, but likely wanted to do it on the feet. That's, that's kind of what Adesanya brings into the ring is just a crazy striking prowess. And I'd say his movement is even better than Pete Conor. And at 185 pounds, that's, just a nightmare. Just an absolute nightmare. So uh, we're going to see how it all goes down Saturday, UFC 259. So long story pay-per-view. short, buy. Buy it. He's buying. Get in. He's buying Enjoy it. Got it. 
um, a little bit of a little bit of conflict uh, goes a long way. So let's uh, let's enjoy some UFC on Saturday night. Bonus buy or sell? Yeah. Instagram took your like totals away. How do you feel about that? Um, I don't you have a strong. You tweeted. I, yeah, I was just I was just you know I was just baiting uh, more than anything. I, I don't have a strong feeling on it. If it's if it's protecting the psyche of the youth, which I think that's God. like the reason that they're doing it, then. Yeah, I'll buy it. I don't know. Um, I'm still seeing I, I, like totals on my Instagram feed. I think that the I think that unless your app has updated, it'll probably look the way the old app looked. Um, I updated yesterday, and Interesting. I, I, I don't have any issue. I don't, I, I, you'll see. You'll still see the people who who like your picture. Um, there's just no number next to it. What's What's the big deal? I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not an influencer. Um, I'm sure that if I was an influencer that I'd be up in arms about it because, you know, that's, that's my money and I don't like people playing with my money. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, as long as Matt Rooney's liking my posts and I'm liking your posts. Yeah. That's, that's really the only, uh, that's really the only thing that matters to me. I, I think that, um, it's, it's a largely inconsequential change, um, with a lot of, so there's a lot of things in the world that uh, ultimately that this is a disappointing answer. About. I was kind of hoping for you to get up in arms about. You wanted me to go just, crazy. You wanted I was me just to... trying to poke the bear a little bit. That's all. I mean, I. It's okay. I, I think if anything, it's okay. it failed. It failed. I tried. I failed. Okay. Well, I'll give you a little of analysis. I'll give you a little instant analysis here. I think if anything, it it will drive more content to Instagram because I think there's a lot of people like you and I who get a couple hundred likes on a picture not that there's value in that at all, but like people are hesitant to post certain things because it's not going to get the likes. If you're freed from that hesitation, then maybe we get a couple more Matt Rooney posts a year, you know, that, that it was just a, oh, it's a cool picture from the golf course. Who cares if it's, who cares if it's, uh, 6am on a Tuesday, post the picture. So it's on your feet. Like it's, it's, I think it makes it a little flattering. I think I'm capable of getting a couple hundred likes on my, on my Instagram. It's very flattering. Okay. No, I usually hover around the 50 range. So, okay. If you feel like a post, if you feel like you got a picture and that's ah, kind of a weird hour right now and like no one's probably on Instagram. Like, do you ever have any of those thoughts? Or no? Not really, honestly, but I don't, I don't really care all that much. I think yeah, I don't post yeah. on Instagram so for all people, that often. For people who do care about Instagram, I think there is a hesitation to post sometimes because of... Yeah certain um metrics or whatever it might be and i think this maybe if anything if i'm looking for a positive in it maybe that that frees up people to just post a little more um free willingly maybe we'll get a little bit more uh honest content out of it that people aren't angling for likes i guess is what i'm going for Alyssa and i posted the same exact picture from a wedding and she got like 400 likes and i got like 70 it's pretty yeah but like she probably has tenfold followers oh yeah she's got like over a thousand followers i have like I don't even know how many I have. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think she got so more likes than I have followers. Thank you, Joe. That's what I was saying. You're I just beautiful inside that. and out. Thank you. Um, don't don't let Instagram dictate your, your value or I your worth. This. I needed this speech. Um, I was one of those people that you were talking about that you know, needed this. Let's hope that Matt Rooney's next Instagram post is him in a Russell Wilson Bears jersey to bring things full circle. Oh, here. if they trade for Russell Wilson, I, I, I will post that picture of me in a, I don't know if what it's no, I, blue or white. I'll probably go white. Uh, Russell Wilson Bears jersey. Uh, I'll post that I think as soon I'd as have, I get it. 
I think I'd have to buy the alternate with like the stripes on the shoulders. I think that might be the that if, might be the play. So if they, I don't know if they'll go back. To, if they go back to the ones with the, like the alternates with the orange numbers and the plain blue helmet, I will buy that the, jersey. Yeah, the black orange number. I think number. that's. I love that jersey. I think that's my actual. Now, what what number does Russ wear? Because uh, the great three, the great uh, who was three? Three was Google will know this answer. I had it. I Entertain the it. people. Bears number. I'm gonna three. try and. It wasn't the Bronco the Bronco Bronco. I think it says Bronco. Was it Bronco Nagurski? Yeah, Bronco Nagurski. Yeah. Make, can I we? Can uh, I was gonna. They probably can't call Bronco. No, uh, he's I don't probably, think he's probably. Uh, maybe you might be able to you know contact what? his. You might be able his to live in yeah, trust. Yeah, his yeah, will. You can, you can <laughs> contact somebody if it's Russell Wilson. Okay, sometimes you just. No, I think. Honestly, Russ, Russ seems like the guy who would come over here and not want to take that number because, like, he yeah, respects the much history respect, of much the monsters yeah. and all that kind of stuff, which is great, which is why I love him. So Russ would probably wear, like, probably just think four. He, no, I think he's double the quarterback. Two things happen here. He throws a one in front of it and goes 13, or he's double the quarterback and doubles his number to six, in which case I need to buy all three uniforms, home, away, alternate. You think he'd follow Cuddy? I don't think there's. I don't think there's a big cutty. I don't think there's a big cutty allure or a big cutty lore that follows that number. Interesting. And I think maybe, he'd either just go number maybe three for or number us. two. Yeah, but Jay Cutler hasn't been the quarterback of the Chicago Bears in what six years? So it's, it seems uh, like yes, five years. Um, number two. You need, but if you're going to be a single digit number, it's got to be the right number. Like it's got to aesthetically be a wide enough number. How about this, yeah, guys? Like, why don't Why don't we have the people tweet at us what number Russell Wilson should wear with the Bears? Whether that's three, whether that's something else, you should change it. Honor the the retirement of Bronco Nagurski. We're going to put out a poll. How about that? Yeah, Matt's going to put up a poll here. I have put up a Twitter poll. Are going the to be, your options are going to be three in parentheses. Screw Bronco Nagurski. Uh, six. six. Um, Thirteen. Other. And then the fourth option should be other, and then write in in the, in the comments what you think it'll be. Okay, I like that. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Little, uh, and then we'll send that over. We'll send social. That, we'll send that over to Russ. Yeah, we'll send that to we'll Russ, that. and we'll, we'll, we'll really get, get to the bottom yeah. of this thing. Uh, send your votes on that poll on the Moose and Runes podcast as you listen to this. It should be up on the Moose and Runes uh, Twitter page at Moose and Runes. Oh yeah. Um, thank you as always for listening to this episode one ninety six of the pod. We Look at us getting, getting to by. seventy five minutes, and it's not even football season. Look at us, man. Go back. Go us. back to the backlog. Go back to the backlog. We have a way of we have a way of filling some time here. We are now, good at this. That. Is not this we is nothing new. This is nothing new. As long as you give us a quarterback controversy, uh, we will make hay here on the Moose and Ruins podcast. For Matt, I am Joe. Matt, say goodbye to the people. Bye. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs>